Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. I may seem out of my mind here. I feel like I am, but I'm going to share this anyway. So... The first night that I heard it was the end of summer of 2019. I was building my own art studio in the back of this old building, and one night I stepped out onto the back deck to clean up. I was staring off into the woods that ran right up next to the stairs leading up to my studio when I heard something let loose this immense deep howling off in the distance. It had such a blood-curdling effect on the air around me that it gave me goosebumps and raised every hair on my body. And shortly after it, it just went silent. Then I heard all of the dogs in like a one or two mile radius barking and yipping and howling in the direction of whatever that was. There was no way that it was a wolf or any sort of a large cat. I've heard videos and sound bites of wild cats, mountain cats making those demonic type sounds and that was not this. But this was a, a roar of some kind. Almost sounded human too, but mixed with like an animal of some sort. I could hear it in its voice. The area of Ohio that I'm in isn't a place where you would actually see any really large cats, let alone hear any really. And so, I don't know why this popped into my head, but I just thought to myself that it sounds like a Wendigo. And countless of other number of things have been happening more and more lately almost like intuition or something in my head. I don't know. Anyway, four weeks prior to the weirdest thing that I've ever experienced, I was approached by a man about commissioning three art pieces of something that I wasn't really familiar with at all. Wendigos. And more specifically, a wartime Wendigo where it's this huge thousand foot tall creature, taller than a building or a skyscraper and it's made out of all of us, body parts sticking out all over it, a face here and there, and it was supposed to represent all of our greed and insatiable desire or, or something like that. Sadly, I didn't have the time to work on these pieces, so I had to pass them up. 
but it started reminding me of my own sort of monster that's been following me my whole life. I made some drawings of night terrors that I had a week before this man approached me to turn us into the Wendigo and so yeah, I've always had night terrors and weird dreams like that. In my dream it was a tall emaciated creature with animal-like body features, legs and human-like arms crouching in my kitchen like a dog would sit looking in my cabinets. I asked it, well, what are you doing? And it said, chill out, I'm looking for some chips or something, I'm starving. I know, a bit weird, but I sat up quickly and threw the blanket off of me because that last bit, I actually said it out loud. And it was at this point that I noticed something in my room. It was in the corner, it turned to look at me and the way it looked was, well, very hard to describe, but... I tried to take in every detail that I could. It had large black holes where the eyes were supposed to be and just a jagged slit across the lower side of its face that represented a, a mouth with no lips, I think. It had a sort of long tongue sliding out between them and it let out a sort of gurgled, squelching sort of noise, maybe like a scream. Then all of a sudden there was like these black, smoky, tendril-looking things shooting out of it where its hair was supposed to be on its head. It lingered for a second, and then it just sort of sucked back in towards its body. And then it just vanished. I sat there dumbfounded, trying to figure out if that was actually real, or if it was just sleep paralysis or something. Eventually, I just got up, and I didn't sleep much that night. I made drawings of it, and was trying to put all the pieces together as to why it was in our kitchen of all places in my dream and then every hair on my body stood on end because I had an unanswered email still about commissioning some artwork based on it. Anyway, I know it's all very strange and convoluted and a bit confusing but all of that was to talk about this next thing that happened. So fast forward to June 2020. The world is now in lockdown and I'm sure that I'm about to lose my mind. I forgot about all of this and am hanging out with a friend 3am just after months of not seeing or talking to anyone it seemed, but we went out to White Castle for a quick bit. She walks out first and hits the bottom step and as I'm walking out and locking the door I hear something breaking tree limbs crashing through them. Not fast too but slow and definitely noticeable and it was coming from up high and gradually getting louder as it neared us and as it got lower. It reminded me of an orangutan or a gorilla maybe, the way it swung from each branch and, and I could hear its hands gripping each one and snapping smaller limbs in its way. And unfortunately, it seemed to be coming in our direction. I tried to shake it off, telling myself that I'm crazy until she turned around quickly and was looking up high in the trees. She asked me, did you hear that? And at that, I turned white and had felt the air get very heavy all of a sudden from the fear that was emanating from this whole situation. I came down the stairs and she's staring into the trees looking upwards. I glanced and see the branches moving. I yelled at her to get out of here quickly, pulling her towards the direction of the car. We turned our backs to the woods when this loud sort of whacking sound it landed just behind me and all of the hairs on my body stood straight up. 
I felt like it had a log or maybe a large thick branch in its hand or something, and it smacked the ground with it. In any case, I stood paralyzed for a moment with fear. The air was now thicker and different from whatever it was landing directly behind me. I could feel the air force of it too, and it almost brought tears to my eyes because it was the weirdest feeling to have come over me, and it just felt like it was crushing every inch of my body without even touching me, and it actually hurt a little bit. It made me shake uncontrollably as well, and the fear it made me feel was just too much to bear. Hands down, it was one of the most terrifying things that's ever happened to me, and I couldn't really shake it, but eventually we got in the car and we took off. We went to White Castles like we said we were going to, and we were both just shook. I was in disbelief at what we had just witnessed, and we came back and turned the brights on in her car and let them light up the woods for a good 20 minutes before we felt like it was safe to go back inside. The only weapon that I had in sight to was a golf club, and when I picked it up, she told me that she had actually seen it, high in the trees, and that apparently it looked almost like an owl, sort of, with weird features. I've put a lot of pieces together in this story so far, and a few weeks later, something else happened at a friend's house one night when we were playing music together. It's something that's made me vow to never step foot in the woods anywhere ever again, but... I'll save that part for another time. I just wanted to get some feedback on this particular part of the story as I've been talking to countless others about their experiences with the woods where they live at and stuff and reading so many things about all these strange cases. I would like to get your opinion on what you might think all of this is, but anyway, thanks for listening to my story. It's really helped me out. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This was a few months ago and quarantine was already in place, so I spent a lot more time at home and around the home than usual. There's a park very close to my house, so one day uh, I decided to go for a little jog just to get out and get some fresh air. I ran from my house and to the park and since I don't have the best fitness, I decided to take a little break. I noticed that a guy was looking my way, but I didn't think too much of it. Until I started jogging again and he started walking at the same time. Since I was jogging, I eventually lost him, so I thought that that was that. But man, was I wrong. So 
It's been a few hours and I'm sleeping when through the window I notice car lights coming back and forth on my street. The window in my room gives a view of my street. Now, I know that some people may think that this is normal, but I live in a very quiet neighborhood, so I wanted to see what was going on. And as I thought, there was a car that was traveling back and forth on my street. Then, the car stops right in front of my house, and that same guy comes out of the passenger seat, which means that there's at least one other person with him. Up until this point, I was still half awake, but the sight of that same guy looking up to my window, seeing me and smiling, that woke me up real quick. I immediately closed the blinds, which are a tiny bit see-through by the way, and I climb in my bed and phone in my hand. After waiting for some time and now thinking that I was stupid, I fell asleep again, only to be woken up by light tapping on my window. Now... Remember when I said that my blinds are see-through pretty much? Well, I could make out the silhouette of a man, probably the same guy since there were still car lights in the street, and he was now crouched at my window, tapping from outside. The first thing that came to my mind is not to move and to try to pretend that I'm still asleep, not knowing if he could actually see inside my room or not. And then I remember that my room is on the second floor. So how the heck did he climb onto the little roof area outside of my window? I had absolutely no idea, but I knew that going down was not going to be easy. I slowly pulled the covers over my head and I called the police, whispering and telling them that the guy was still tapping. They told me to slowly get out of reach of the window in case he breaks in or something and that they would be there in about five minutes. I crawled out of bed and into the bathroom where I could see the street behind my house and waited. After a couple of minutes, I heard the knocking stop, then silence, and then a big thump, then more silence, and a knocking at my door downstairs. I was still on the phone with the operator when I heard someone call out that it was the police and that the guy was gone. I told the operator that the police had thankfully arrived and she told me to wait. There was silence and she said that the police had not arrived yet and to not open the door under any circumstances. Soon enough, she tells me that the police are now there and that I can now go and open the door. I go and check outside of my bedroom window just out of paranoia and there were in fact three police cars and about five or six officers outside of my house. I go downstairs as one of them is knocking and I open the door, thank the operator and hang up. I tell them the whole thing and they tell me that the guy was already gone when they arrived but that there was no one there anymore. In the next few days I saw officers on my street but I never got any news from the guys. The only thing that they apparently found was a rope and a small knife. No fingerprints, no car, no guy, nothing. Lately, I've been noticing something off about my home. Like, there's something else there with me, my wife, and our two dogs. But I haven't been able to put my finger on it. Until today, that is. So, for some context, I live in a duplex. We share the property with another guy in his mid-twenties. 
He has his own house and we have ours obviously, but we share the laundry room that leads to our respective backyards that are separated by a fence. So, this all started around maybe two months ago when the guy sent me a text. It read, Hey man, just a heads up, someone stole my bike out of the sunroom. This is extra creepy too because to get to our sunroom or laundry room, you would need to hop the brick fence surrounded by shrubby trees and then hurl the bike over. Unless the thief had the most massive pair of balls ever and walked out through one of the front doors when we went home or something. Either way, I didn't feel right and made more of an effort to keep the door locked. Fast forward to a couple of weeks ago, I let my dogs into the backyard and one of them starts sniffing at the shed. No big deal, the lizards are coming out with the heating up and everything like that. They probably just chased one under the door, right? I finally got them to come in but didn't give it much thought and I hardly ever go into that shed anyway. Nothing wrong with it, it's just kind of out of the way I guess and I'm not really a hang out in the shed type of guy if you catch my drift. So we generally use it for storage but there's really only suitcases, furniture that doesn't fit or match the house, some camping stuff I think, you know just boring suburban stuff. We probably enter it maybe three times a year at most. But after the 18th day in a row of my dogs being curious about the shed, I decided to have a little bit of a look-see to see if maybe there was a Komodo dragon or something in there since they wouldn't let this thing go. But no, no Komodo. But what I did find literally scared me half to death. Inside the shed was the bike that my neighbor had stolen a little while back. My first thought was, oh man, my wife is a klepto, but quickly ruled that out. She doesn't even like to bike. Then I was briefly worried that my neighbor thought that I was the thief. I mean, it's in my shed after all. And to be honest, I have no idea how to explain that if he found out. Plus, I wanted to give him his bike back. I kept looking around and found one of our sleeping bags unraveled, but balled up behind a box. Inside of it was what looked like a sack to be around $20 and change in singles. There was also a bag for garbage and had a lot of food wrappers inside. And eventually my brain accepted what it was ultimately denying at first and put two and two together. Someone, and I don't know who is living in my shed or at least was maybe my dog spooked them off or maybe they sleep around there every other night or something and leave during the day if they weren't coming back why would they leave the change like that though i ended up leaving everything how i found it and thinking about what i should do next whoever did it must have gotten in there through the spare set of keys that i keep hidden in my backyard I locked up though and brought them inside with me tonight and hopefully whoever it is gets the message and moves on. I'm going to install some cameras tomorrow as well and I'll keep you guys updated if anything else happens. Please hope for the best and that this person isn't some crazy lunatic who is going to murder me in my sleep. Me and my wife have started to rebuild our relationship after a few weeks of separation due to my temporary job and our son. 
he's five. And well, we bought a house that's fairly old because, well, it was nice, cheap, and also near both of our families and jobs. We've had several weird things happen in that house, but kind of just laugh about it now. And so we were just hanging out in the living room when our son just casually turned around at us and asked, who's grandpa that was lying in our bed? Me and my wife just sort of looked at each other like, what the? And then looked back at him and asked him to describe what he saw. And he just said that it was an old man. And he asked, who are you? And apparently the old man looked at him and smiled before closing his eyes and going under the covers and disappearing. We immediately got up and pulled out these photographs of some of the men in my family who died. And he said that it wasn't any of them. No one officially died in this house and the house was empty for a while before we bought it. I asked my neighbor who lived next door for 50 something years and said a while back that there was an older guy who was frequently coming home to visit his daughter and son-in-law who died but he was black and my son said that it was a white person. Well, he said the same skin color as him. I'm really confused as to who it could be but still waiting on my answer at all. I'll make another post about the experiences that we had other times, but the night experience that we had, man, it was terrifying and it's still bugging me. So it was July 4th weekend, I remember because they were still shooting off fireworks outside in the distance when he was in bed and had this massive freak out. He has a little nightlight in his room that pretty much keeps a good amount of light in his room. Well, his room and our room are very close to each other and me and my wife were just watching TV silently when we heard what sounded like tapping on the window. Well, we thought that it was fireworks to be honest and sort of ignored it when we started hearing our son talking and we both looked at each other and then we heard, who are you? And then weirdly enough, what are you? And that's when I got up and I heard the windows opening and he started screaming and I ran in and picked him up and brought him downstairs and my wife then noticed that the window was actually open and she closed it and followed us and when he finally calmed down he asked what was wrong and he tried telling us but then kept insisting on drawing it. Basically what he drew was a black circle but claimed his eyes were blacker than his whole body and tried tapping on the window to get in. That's how he explained it anyway. After this, we had our priest come and bless the home, but nothing has happened since then that was malicious, in my opinion anyway. But what do you guys think? So I was 10 years old when I met my best friend. We were pretty much inseparable from the beginning. All through school, we were always by each other's side. Our last names both started with J, so we had almost every class together. He was a really smart kid too, a student. As we grew up and sort of became adults, we had different views on what we wanted to do with our lives. He had his first child at 18 years old, split up with the child's mum, so the thought of college never really set well with him. He worked a 9-to-5 job trying to support himself. By 21, he met another woman and had a baby with her. This time he was doing good and stayed with the woman, taking care of his and her other child, and to be honest, I was proud of him. Then all of a sudden, something inside him just flipped. 
It was almost like a switch too, overnight. He left that woman, moved to another state I think, and I haven't spoke to him in about two months after that. All of a sudden, late at night, I get a phone call from his mother saying that he was now in jail. I asked what had happened and she told me and it was horrible and he got caught and sent to jail. He was serving two years behind bars, but only because of certain circumstances. Two and a half years later though, he gets out of jail and I told him that he can stay with me until he gets on his feet, but he chose not to. He stayed with my mum for about a month and every day I would go and check up on him. I'd be like, hey man, what's going on? How are you? And the answer I always got was, I'm good and thanks for helping me out. He called me at one stage and said that he wanted to end everything and he also had a knife in his room. I drove down there to talk him down and took the knife away. But later that night I called him and checked up on him and there was no answer. I called my mum and she answered and said that he was in his room and so I said go and look but he was nowhere to be found. We found out where he went that night. Apparently he had walked to his ex-girlfriend's house and also was spying on her and her boyfriend. He walked behind the house and had ripped his shirt off and shoved it in the crack of a window and lit the whole house on fire and walked away. Thankfully, the adults in the house were awake, they smelled the fire, and the children and everyone got out safely and called the fire department. But my best friend, he admitted to everything, and he's been in jail since. I guess it just goes to show that no matter how much you know someone, you never truly know them. And that thought is really terrifying. I have two Australian Shepherds. One is my personal dog and the other is a foster dog. Both are roughly 60 pounds and I took them on a walk today at a local wilderness area that consists of about maybe 50 miles of trails in total. I've been there many times with just my dog and never had any problems. Anyways, we're walking down this trail and they do a bark at a few people that we see. Every time I see someone, though, we step to the side of the trail and let them pass. I apologize for them. The person smiles and just keeps walking, and we all carry on. So, when I see this one guy approaching, the dogs go into alert mode, and we step off so that he could pass. He gets up to us and stops and says, Oh, I don't think your dogs like me. I told him no, that they're just nervous, and I apologize for them being so loud, and at this point I'm holding them by their harnesses, so they're super close to me, but they're just going crazy, like angry barking, lunging and growling, etc. Almost trying to bite this guy. I know that that's not great behavior, but nonetheless, he tells me, I'm sorry that they don't like me, I'm really sorry. At this point I'm weirded out though, because... He has not broken eye contact and seems rather unfazed by the dogs. I again tell him that it's okay, it's not his fault. And I tell the dogs, let's go and begin to guide them away. He then says that he's going to keep moseying up the trail and I say, alright, and I tell him to have a good day and we walk off in opposite directions. 
I thought that it was a strange interaction, but hey, we can all be a little weird sometimes, so I didn't think too much of it. About two minutes later, though, I hear him call out from behind me, and I turn around and see him approaching. He says, I just really want to be friends with your dogs. I don't want to leave them on bad terms, and I want to make friends, as he keeps walking up to me. Now, I don't know about other people, but when I come up to nervous dogs, I tend to leave them alone, or if I do try to make friends, I squat down, talk gently to them, and extend a hand, stuff like that. But he never did any of this, and I swear that he never even looked at my dogs, because he kept looking at me the whole time. This time, the dogs are going absolutely nuts, but I don't grab their harnesses, I let them have the full length of the leash to put some distance between us and the man. He keeps telling me repeatedly that he just wants to be friends, and I tell him that I don't think that that's going to happen, that they're just not there yet. He does try to approach still, but the dogs have none of that. He eventually says, oh, I'm sorry, I don't think they're going to be friends with me. But again, he isn't even looking at the dogs. So I tell him, no, they're not, and they won't be letting him get any closer. And at that, he finally turns and leaves, and I call my sister for the remainder of the walk. So, is it annoying that my dogs freak out over the mailman, or the neighbors, or a knocking noise on the TV show? Yeah, yeah it is. But I don't know for a fact that this man today had bad intentions, but I'm really glad that they were there and made it abundantly clear that he was not getting near me. I'll probably work with them on calming down a little quicker, but I have no plans to have them befriend strangers at first sight, especially after all of this. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.